welcome to this episode of the award-winning Best of the Left podcast. This is a sample of our recent bonus episode, usually only available to members. These episodes are comprised of our crew of researchers, Amanda and myself, all getting together for a roundtable discussion on topics that we find interesting. So here's a few minutes for free so you can know what all the fuss is about. more corrections still like I, I can't believe they all piled up and th- this this was just an internal correction i don't know that we said anything explicitly but i had a thought that went through my head that turned out to be incorrect and for the sake of uh our reputation i wanted to clarify that so i learned since the recording of our last episode i, I don't was it the last episode or maybe the one before when we were talking about ai and it got into like the relationship bots and people using their chat bots for explicit relationships and that sort of thing. Anyway, my mind went right to where I think a lot of people's probably went. But then I read more recently that it turns out that the the app that was sort of that became most famous for having done this, uh, particularly because they turned the feature off and then people started complaining, replica, but spelled with a K. It said that 60% of their paying customers had romantic relationships with their AI bots and roughly 40% of the users who claim romantic relationships were women, which I just simply did not expect. That's not where my mind went. And I thought that that was something worth clarifying. The horrible element of that clarification is the reasons for it, which has to do a lot with uh, you know, past abuse, people sort of having been abused and fearing being in another real relationship and getting some of the emotional benefits of a relationship out of an AI chatbot and feeling really good about it compared to the relative dangers of dealing with real men. So it it, it got real, real fast, but it, it certainly added some some nuance to my understanding of that whole situation. Yeah. We're so broken. See, that just brought about <laughs> yeah, that brought out more questions than clarifications. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, th- we're just doing corrections right now. We're not doing <laughs> clarifications. <laughs> Understood. <laughs> We've had a lot of fun today, which brings us to our main story for the day, which is actually a not very good article that I came across in The Atlantic, not surprising. It's called A View of American History That Leads to One Conclusion by George Packer. And I read it, and I didn't like it, and neither did anyone else, as far as I can tell. But I felt that it got at something that was worth exploring. So that's what I wanted to have a conversation about. It starts with a description of the the sort of old history teaching style that we all pretty much grew up with about how, yes, America went through some bad times, but we overcame everything. And isn't that great? And it's because we're the greatest that we overcame everything. And then the next paragraph says, we're now living in a golden age of fatalism. American culture Movies and museums, fiction and journalism is consumed with the most terrible subjects of the country's history, slavery, Native American removal, continental conquest, the betrayal of reconstruction, Jim Crow, colonialism, militarism, right? And and he, he actually points out in that first paragraph, he's like, look, we weren't doing it right before. 
we needed a major correction, he said, but he is simultaneously sort of arguing that what we are doing now is also not good. And I came up with this as a way to try to explain what was going on. Is like I, I think that what we are going through right now is exactly the corrective that he said we needed. And then I came up with an, ana- an analogy that I know will be universally understandable by everyone because it has to do with pool maintenance. We all have pools, right? We all grew up with pools and maintaining the, the pH levels of the water. I know. So, so, so I, I got thinking, I just, I just know like a little bit, I don't own a pool now um, and couldn't possibly come close, but I learned a little bit about pool maintenance as a kid. And so freshwater pools need chlorine to keep them clear so they don't end up looking like a pond in nature, right? With all the green muck growing in it. And so to maintain a clean pool, you need to add like a little bit of chlorine on a regular basis. This keeps the microorganisms from growing, but the water is still perfectly safe to swim in. However, if things get wildly out of control and your pool really does turn into a green pond, that doesn't work anymore. You can't just put in a little bit of chlorine to maintain a healthy pool. You need to do what's called a shock treatment where you put in so much chlorine that it is not safe for anything to be in the water all of the microorganisms will die and it wouldn't be safe for a person to get in either. But you don't do that forever. That's a one-time, that's a short-term solution to the major problem of, of like a backlog that you have, right? And once the scum is cleared away, then you go back to just like adding a little bit to maintain in smaller doses, So what this author is calling the golden age of fatalism, I think could also be called our shock treatment phase of history education. It's something that's very necessary to clear out hundreds of years of pro-America propaganda that whitewashes all of the stains of our history, but it's also at an intensity of history re-education that actually shouldn't be sustained indefinitely at this level because that also wouldn't be healthy for anyone. At some point, we need to genuinely want to transition away from this sort of shock treatment level of American history is super, super, super bad, and you need to know everything about it level of history education and and sort of transition into a more standard form of history education maintenance. I mean, it felt to me like this author just wants to skip ahead. I can like appreciate that feeling, but it's also extremely naive. <laughs> and we have so much overcorrecting to do. And I'm going to say overcorrecting because like that's what's needed, like you said, like a shock treatment that you can't just jump to the next phase yet. Like it's going to feel bad for a while. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, and it's not that that's not difficult to deal with or that you might feel bad about things and have a sense of fatalism for a while, but like that's part of the process. The next quote I pulled plays right into what you're talking about. He says, historical fatalism combines inevitability and essentialism. The present is forever trapped in the past and defined by the worst of it, unquote. And I think the most important word there is forever. 
that yeah. his argument yeah. is that the way we are dealing with history now presents it as though we need to deal with this forever. That's his fear. That's his concern. That's he's, that's what he's warning against. And I think that what we are doing is needed, but I actually agree with the article writer that it's important that we not do this forever. So like we're actually in agreement on that. And I haven't really heard anyone speak to this, but I, I actually highly doubt that anyone would think, yes, like we need to talk about history in the way we're talking about it today forever. We're not going to forever deal with the history of our country. Like if we deal with the history of our country, but I think that fatalistic doesn't come from the issues. It comes from the conservative talking heads that make it about something that it's not. So what I read in this was very much like, yeah, this is how Fox News is kind of making the average person feel about an issue instead of them being able to listen to someone talk about something logically, give you the now what? Because <laughs> I think people have anxiety about the, okay, I can accept that this is what happened in the past, but now what? Like they get that defensiveness of what does that mean for me? And even though like, I don't really care about people, I think you should just face shit. Like that's what it is. <laughs> but <laughs> I reckon that to move the most people forward, you have to give room for the panic of what does this mean for me, my identity, things like that. But Fox News doesn't do that. It's this is the end. They are going to implement this program. I don't, I don't get it. No one really like explains it out thoroughly, <laughs> but it's, this is going to be implemented and there's a forever threat against you now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's like a huge part of the issue is like this, this author clearly has read this, this new take on history does agree that it's true is upset that he thinks it's going to be that way forever. This is the only thing we're ever going to talk about, but does not acknowledge there's a hermetically sealed bubble of people that don't hear this at all, only hear that it's scary, don't know why it's scary, but are told that it's scary. And that's why it's going to take longer to get past this shock treatment because there's all these systems in place to keep the, to go with Jay's analogy, to keep the green stuff in the pool. Like that's what uh, Fox News' whole goal is. They don't want a clear pool. They want, (laughs) and to stretch it more, public (laughs) pools paved over and turned into parking lots (laughs) because that's what happened. And that's the history that we need to learn. And that's what a history that most people don't know. And then you can go for it. You cannot change a problem without acknowledging the problem. Like that's never worked in history of anything. And there's a group that wants to acknowledge the problem. There's a group that's indifferent. And there's a really strong group that is in absolute denial. And until we break through to at least a decent portion of them, we can't go forward. And and I would say I was kind of stunned that throughout this article where this author drops all these progressive names and people that he's reading who apparently espouse this or support this fatalism that he claims we're dealing with, he never mentions Brian Stevenson, who is, by all accounts, like the person out there saying, we can't move past 
all of our baggage until we deal with all of our baggage, which is basically what Aaron said a minute ago. That's his whole thing. <laughs> it's like, we need to do what Germany did, which was acknowledge all of the horrors of the past and really deal with it, like really deeply for a long time. And then we can start to work towards that future that we're all hoping for, right? But you can't do anything without apologies and reparations and actual healing. That's it for and today's free sample. So There's lots more of that particular that episode, as well as there being dozens of past bonus episodes that you get access to in your feed the minute you sign up as a new member. Pain members are who make this entire show possible, and so these bonus episodes are a fun way to say thanks to them for their support. In addition to those full bonus episodes, members also get bonus clips in every single regular episode, as well as there being no ads in the regular show. If you would like to be our newest member, you can sign up at bestoftheleft.com slash support. You can use our Patreon page, or you can do it from right inside the Apple Podcast app, and links to get there are right in our show notes. And if you can't afford membership, I offer free financial hardship memberships. Just drop me an email to j at bestoftheleft.com, and we will get you set up, no questions asked. Or, again, to sign up and support the show and our ability to give away free financial hardship memberships, visit us at bestofleft.com support. Thanks for listening.